Yo, everyone, we are live. It is the KFG Live. A uh, moment ago, we thought we were running live, but apparently I didn't realize you have to press the go live button twice to make sure you don't accidentally go live. So anyway, Topher and I started the episode and realized we were having an audience of zero. So anyway, we have successfully restarted. Here we are. Sifa Topher has, has the awesome suggestion today to talk about Hong Kong, Hong Kong stories in preparation for the 2023 Ultimate Hong Kong Kung Fu Tour. So um, without any further ado, Sifu Topher, how you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How you doing? Good, good, good. So anyway, it's like deja vu all over again. Let's go ahead and get started officially so we can call it an official episode of the KFG. And every day, I practice martial arts. I'm much better. It's so much better once the audience can actually see the show, right? That's true. It, <laughs> it, it makes a difference. Make, it definitely makes a difference, right? And now I'm going like, okay, now I see why there were no new comments coming in for a little bit. So anyway, we apologize as part of the growing pains of learning how to stream and be in the episode at the same time. So thank you to everyone for joining us. Um, I got uh, with me as always Sifu Topher, that other Wing Chun guy on Instagram. If you guys don't follow him, you should follow him right away. How you been doing, man? I've been good. Another another beautiful day in Florida for me. Another beautiful day in Florida. And for me, you can tell by the wall decor, I am definitely in Florida right now. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here, uh, chilling, getting some work done, getting some reading done. And uh, you, you had a great suggestion today with this idea of talking about going to Hong Kong or talk about Hong Kong stories. Uh, I do have a bunch of people signed up for uh, the 2023 Hong Kong trip. For those of you who are interested, all that info is in the link below. If you want to get more information first, you just sign up on my website. I send you a couple PDFs, gives you all the information you need about making a decision to come to Hong Kong. And i uh, be super excited to see you guys there. So uh, while we thought we were actually on uh, live, um, Topher was talking about having gone to Hong Kong and having gone to the Bruce Lee exhibit in Sha Tin. So, um, yeah, now the Bruce Lee exhibit in Sha Tin uh, is in the new territories. It's right over Lion Rock. It's been going on, I think, for about 10 years. I know they've extended it a bunch of times. I don't know if it's still extended or will still be there in August when I go, but um, if the um, exhibit is still open when I'm there with my crew in August, I'm definitely taking them there. You can see all sorts of articles of clothing that Bruce Lee owned, different things from movies, scripts, personal artifacts, glasses, his books, certificates, business cards. It's amazing. Suits. Everything. Yeah, it's really amazing. And they don't let you take Hans, photos there either, which is kind of the annoying Hans Claw. Thing. Hans Claw, yeah. Although one of my collector friends thinks it's a fake, but, you know. Really? Um, he, <clears throat> most of those guys tend to think everything is a fake so um but yeah if the uh if the bruce lee exhibit is still there when we go there this year i'm uh, definitely taking definitely taking the peeps there sorry for the uh noise in the background i it, it's just a reminder that i'm in florida when you hear atvs and stuff peeling out in the background um i just couldn't help but do it outside in the back here today because it is so nice um and uh nev tk 1100 all your crew should head over um, on mail and to Shunde and see the awesome Bruce Lee Museum in his father's home. It's totally effing awesome. Only two hours from Hong Kong. Um, yeah, well, I appreciate the suggestion. Um, 
but I'm definitely not taking my crew there uh, for uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we simply don't have time. Uh, you know, I have about seven days to show my crew all the best Kung Fu and Bruce Lee and Wing Chun stuff in Hong Kong, uh, which is barely enough time to get through all that stuff, let alone taking an excursion to China, which would be really difficult. And also, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, that museum in in Shunda or Santak in Cantonese, um, the Bruce Lee ancestral home is just, it's just the BS tourist trap from the mainland Chinese government. Uh, this is supposedly the town that Bruce Lee's father came from. Um, so when people go there, it's like this little house, it's like this little tiny hut with a wooden dummy in there and a photo of Bruce Lee on the wall. And people go there and go like, wow. And they think that there's some kind of connection to Bruce Lee there. And I'm going to tell you, no. All right. No, you're being scammed. Okay. Uh, you're, you're being taken to some small random house in the middle of Sunduck uh, and looking at a photo of Bruce Lee, which was shot in the U.S. in the 1960s to a place that Bruce Lee certainly never, ever visited in his entire life because I've never found <clears throat> any uh, record of him going into mainland China as a child whatsoever. So Bruce was definitely not there. Uh, whether his father actually lived in that building at some point or not, who the hell knows? Um, and it's um, it's a scam. And then they to to fatten it up, they put a wooden dummy in there. Whose wooden dummy is that? Is that Bruce Lee's father's wooden dummy who never did wing? Whose wooden dummy is that? You're not looking at anything. It's a tourist trap. Uh, and then they have the big Bruce Lee world in Sandak as well with the 4,000 foot tall statue of Bruce Lee, which is just a copy of the one from Hong Kong. And uh, also a tourist trap with with fake exhibits, things that have been reproduced and copied and stuff like that. So um, yeah, did you did you go to that place in mainland? I did not. Good, good. You didn't waste. Any I, money. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't have time to get the visas to go to the mainland. So that's the other part of that that people don't realize is you got to go and you have to get visas and all that to go onto the mainland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for America, for America I, uh, other, some other countries might not have that, but we charge the Chinese for a visa, so they charge us for one. That's how it works. Of course. Hey, tip for tat. Yes. I, uh, I, speaking of touristy things, though, you know, Lantau Island, the big Buddha statue. Yes. The big, but well, that's like a really nice touristy thing. Um, it is. When, when, when people come into Hong Kong now, you know, the big Lantau Island, because the, the airport is now out there by Lantau Island. So you have the big Buddha. And of course, people are always like, oh, this is like some old ancient Buddha. I'm like, no, it's like not even 30 years old. Um, and in the little village walking up to it, there's a Starbucks in there. And a subway. because I And a there. subway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, the veneer of ancient stuff is, is very thin in Hong Kong. I, you know what, though? I will say. Um, if you take the sky cab over, it really is a great view of Hong Kong and the harbor and all that as you make yeah. your way over to the statue. So that's Beautiful. definitely a, definitely yeah. a great. Uh, well, it, it, it says something that even their fake touristy shit is still really nice. Um, Hong Kong, like, you know, the, you, you can you can experience it on different levels. And what I tried to do for the people who come with me in the past have always been my students. This is the first year I've opened the tour to people who are not like specifically people who are my students, um, is I try to show them what you normally don't see 
if you were to to go there and do the touristy stuff, you know, go to the local spots, mm -hmm. um, you know, find out the history of different corners of Hong Kong that maybe even some of the locals aren't that super aware of anymore. So um, it's uh, it's been a long time coming. I've been taking students there for years informally. And then because of the um, interest from the podcast this is the first time I said, hey, well, if other people want to come to Hong Kong with me, uh, we can definitely um, we can definitely do it. Cinematic Tendency, happy Monday, KFG. Happy Monday to you too, boss. Uh, we are um, we're doing quite well here. The Pump Shop. How are things, guys? The Pump Shop. That sounds quite ominous. Um, so it sounds like a place where things are taken apart and then sold for scrap. Um, we got I was gonna say it sounds like a sounds like a gym in Florida. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Like, that, that leaves a lot open there. Gyms in Florida. Uh, pretty fly for a Filipino guy. Uh, hey, guy, what's up, man? Uh, 108 is a special number. Certainly, although Grandmaster Yip Man at some point wasn't too keen on it. Uh, we got Garrett Tanzel in the house. Um, very cool to see all you guys. Oh, this one here was on Instagram right before uh, I went on Instagram live right before we went live here on YouTube. Not a question, but I just want to say I find the way you articulate topics related to Bruce Lee very insightful. Next to Beardy, you are the ultimate authority on Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we must we must all you know like Mike Tyson to Muhammad Ali, we must all bow our head to the greatest, the greatest to ever do it, Beardy, the one who has, um, I guess you could say to keep it very trendy and current, alternative facts on his side about Bruce Lee. Uh, Fidila, there we go. Boom. Uh, Slob Jitsu, uh, yeah, we got that. Or Anila, not uh, directly a Hong Kong question. Have you been to the Bruce Lee Museum and Park in Shanda? And we just talked about it. Um, yeah, and like I said, it's a it's a tourist trap. Which uh, um, the they have the so one you have the ancestral home, which is just like this tiny home that supposedly Bruce Lee's dad took a pee in there once a hundred years ago. And, uh, and then you have this museum, which uh, has a lot of Yip Man and Bruce Lee artifacts. Most of them are uh, fabricated. They're not authentic uh, collection pieces. They are, uh, to put it in a very mainland way, fakes. And then of course they have a huge statue there, Bruce Lee, which is just a replica of the one they have in Hong Kong, just bigger, all right? Um, yeah, um, also that, um, did you have a chance to go to Fatsan, uh, Topher? I did not. Again, mm -hmm. that's, that's, I didn't, we, I had, so I was there for 10 days, which mm -hmm. was not enough. Not um, enough. Never is. Yeah. Um, I did Hong Kong for most of it and I did Macau. Uh, right. Mainly because that's where the, Macau is the, the headquarters of Hokan Ming Wing Chun. So that's. Had to go, had to go there, but I didn't get, I wanted to do Fatsan because uh, Lu Ming Fai is there and unfortunately right. we didn't get to go visit him. Uh, right. I would have right. loved, I've, it's on my list. It's a bucket list item for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we went there um, on a 2014 trip with the students figured, okay, let's, uh, let's do the China thing, get the visas in advance and go there. And um, uh, I have to say like the tour that we went on, we, we got a bus and everything like that it was very professional and very well done. But um, for people who are really looking to Fatsan as a mecca of Southern Chinese Kung Fu, I mean, um, it's interesting whether we're talking about China or Hong Kong, 
Uh, they both don't really seem to have a lot of sentimentality when it comes to their old stuff and their traditions. Uh, look at Bruce Lee's home. They just demolish it. Uh, most of the historical spots in Hong Kong that you know, may be relevant to the history of the city itself or martial arts or whatever, uh, they get bulldozed the moment some developer wants to build something there. I mean, Golden Harvest Studios is now just a bunch of apartments, you know, the area where it used to be. Um, Bruce Lee's uh, home that he grew up in is a mall on Nathan Road. Um, Bruce Lee's mansion has been demolished and they just built a new one in its place. Um, so when you go to Fatsan, <clears throat> the entire area where Yip Man used to live is all been, it's all just some, some mall somewhere right now. Um, and they have two museums there. And again, <clears throat> it's like 50-50 on um, whether some of the artifacts they have there are legitimate or they're just fakes, as is usually the case in China. Um, and there's two Yip Man museums in Fatsan, which should arouse some suspicion and curiosity. Um, and, you know, there's some Wong Fei Hong stuff there as well, but it's um, it's very kind of Mickey Mouse and gloss. It's not like anything that gives the impression of being old and ancient in China, like the Shaolin Temple, like all of this stuff is, it's been made up, it's been created uh, after the fact. So it's not really the, the Mecca that you would uh, like it to be, unfortunately. So go to mainland China. Uh, for all sorts of reasons, not for Chinese martial arts heritage. Uh, boom, we got Arnell in the house. Hong Kong trip. Get immersed with WT and enjoy WC. <laughs> I think I know what he means there. He means Wan Chai, all right? He means whatever he dude likes to do when they go to Hong Kong is go hang out in Wan Chai. Uh, Chewbacca asked, what uh, is your favorite Bruce Lee fight scene? Uh, well, I'll let you answer this one, Topher, first. What's your favorite? Oh, easily Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris in Way of the Dragon. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. 630. I yeah, I, I don't I, – yeah, hands down, 630. Uh, I, I don't think there's any I, – I, I don't think there's any debate. I think the, the battle between – I think both, both Bruce and Chuck and never looked better. Uh, you see the widest range of Bruce Lee's skills, much wider than what he needed with Han. Uh, and uh, Chuck Norris looked really great, which is not something you can always say about Chuck Norris. Um, and you have to have a good dance partner, right? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And oddly enough, that final fight scene between Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris uh, was not shot in the Coliseum. It was actually shot at Golden Harvest Studios in Hong Kong. So, uh, yeah, I wish I could take people to the old studio where that stuff was. But, uh, no, I think it's... Uh, like every everything in Hong Kong, if it's not there anymore, it's either a mall or it's a apartment building. Uh, boom, Axel Stone. Crazy thought: Is Bruce really in Seattle? Um, well, his bones are. Um, I don't know if that qualifies. I mean, the spirit of Bruce Lee lives in all of us, bro. Uh, the spirit of Bruce Lee is everywhere, bro. It's in Topher. It's in me. It's in this fish on the wall back here. The spirit of Bruce Lee lives everywhere. Uh, but uh, yeah, the bones are in, uh, Seattle. Um, boom. What else we got here? Bam. Sorry for the shitty spelling. LA keyboard went crazy. I know about museum, but Hey, it's still cool. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> once you get to a certain age, it's all cost benefit analysis. I have less time left in my life. Is this thing going to be a good thing to go to? 
uh, better off going to the Shaolin Temple. I don't know. The Shaolin Temple in China is not any more real than the phony ancestral home in Sunduk or the ridiculousness of the Bruce Lee Museum in Sunduk. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, will, I will say this for um, speaking of things to do in Hong Kong. Yes. Don't do what I did. Because I okay. made one terrible mistake when I was in All right, Hong let's Kong. hear it. Let's hear it. So I decided it was, it was we were, a uh, few of us were going to go up to the peak, go see that that classic touristy peak view. Oh, okay. And so I took the minibus up, which do ride the minibus, whatever you do. Yeah. If you have a chance to ride a minibus, do it. Yes. But I got dropped off, not realizing that the peak was that building. Right. I thought the I had to literally... Yeah, no, I thought I literally had to go to the peak of the mountain. And I walked from the peak to the radio station at the top of the mountain, only oh to be God. like, wait a minute, this is not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> and so and I'm sure all, all you wanted to do was recreate the Van Damme split scene from Bloodsport. And here you are at like a radio tower. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, I get up there and I'm like, man, no one's coming. Everybody's going the other way. Where, where are you yeah. going? It's interesting uh, because like when uh, when people come and visit me in New York City and they want to go and do like touristy stuff, I'm always like, I go on your own. You know, like I'm not going to go up to the Empire State Building. I see that thing every day. Um, and as a New Yorker, there are a lot of touristy things I've never even done in New York. But in Hong Kong, I've done most of like the touristy stuff. Um, but I find even the touristy stuff in Hong Kong is a lot more interesting than touristy stuff elsewhere. When you go to the peak, depending on what time of day you go, you have one of the most beautiful views of one of the most beautiful harbors and cities and mountains you can imagine. Uh, we, even when you go to Lantau Island, you go to the Big Buddha, which is you know a more recent thing. It's not an ancient Buddha or anything like that, but it's still really nice. It's like, it's yeah. just like, and, and you, you know, like, like you can go on the uh, cable car to go up there and it's so nice. The whole thing is nice. So like, even like, like touristy stuff in New York, you would have to twist my arm to really go to any of that stuff. But the Hong Kong stuff, I can, I can do it more than once. Cause it's really good. Yeah. And you're right about going to the peak because you can take the little trolley that goes up there. But uh, for people who are in the know, you want to take a bus up to the peak. You either take a mini bus or you take one of the regular buses. Because instead of taking the tram straight up the hill to the peak, you actually get this winding view going up where you're kind of going like this. And I don't know if you noticed, but while you're on the way to the peak, whether by mini bus or regular bus, you actually pass the building, which was the exterior shot for Han's Palace. So uh, the really? building, the exterior shot is not where Han's Palace was, which was a combination of the American Club on the south side of Hong Kong Island and Golden Harvest Studios. But they had this exterior shot of Han's Palace. And that's like a random building, like very nice building on the way up to the peak. So while you're sitting in there and you look, you'll go, oh, crap, there's, <laughs> there's Han's Palace. You can see it. Uh, so really nice, like really, really great stuff. And those are the kind of things I'll I'll be telling people when we go on the tour, when we do go up to the peak, I'm like, hey, there's you're about to pass uh, Han's Palace right now. Uh, got a question here from Evan Kareem. Uh, you're hosting a martial arts tournament. Which 10 best fighters in the world would you invite? It can be any fighters, any style, weight class, it does not matter. So basically I can create my own kumite. 
Um, well, then I would just like 10 clones of Frank Dukes to see which Frank Dukes would be the best. It's obvious. Um, it's, uh, it's like Thanos. It is inevitable. It always brings us back to Frank Dukes. Every conversation brings us back to perhaps one of the most important martial artists to have ever lived, um, Frank Dukes. Um, well, I don't, I don't know. Now, now we got to think about Kang the Conqueror, man, and all the variants of Kang the Conqueror. <clears throat> yeah, although not giving away any spoilers, not as scared of uh, Kang as I was of Thanos. Thanos, they definitely set up Thanos a little bit better. Like he was like, ooh, you got to watch out for this guy. Like with his first, first back and forth with the Hulk, you're like, oh, with Kang, you're like, which, which. Note, I, I think on a good day that, with some magic, I can take Kang. <laughs> that 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 first throw with Thanos versus Hulk, as far as like cinematography and fight choreography goes, even though they're the two giant CG, what you know, monsters. Actually, a really good looking fight scene. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, I've got another question here from Anthony Smith. Hey, KG, do you think many of the Bruce Lee items in the museum are original or copies? Have a great day. Uh, well, if we're talking about the Bruce Lee Museum in China, I would say 98% is a copy of what's in there. Uh, what's not a copy is just probably not very precious magazines you could have gotten anywhere. Um, when it comes to the Bruce Lee exhibit in Shatin, uh, there it's a little bit different. There you have the lion's share of the things there are from private collections and private collectors. Uh, and those are the real deal. But there are a couple fake things in, in the Shatin Museum. They have some of the training equipment they have in there that they purport to be Bruce Lee's. Um, I can tell you is not. Um, they also have a wooden dummy in there, which they don't say was Bruce Lee's. But they don't not say it was uh, Bruce Lee's either. They just kind of leave it there, and I'm a, kind of a bit of a wooden dummy nerd. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure Topher can do the same thing. If you see a wooden dummy, you, <clears throat> you would look at it. You would look at its color. You would look at the type of wood. You would look at the arms. Are they even, non-even? Are the arms round at the end or square at the end? Does it have a natural leg? Does it have a machined leg? What kind of frame? These are things like anyone who's done Wing Chun uh, and has a thinking brain would kind of look at right away. And you would go like, okay, I've never seen Bruce on this particular dummy. Like I, I recognize the features of the dummy and I go, okay, I haven't seen it. And then they have some photos of Bruce on a dummy. And I go, yeah, that's not that dummy. And, uh, but they don't say it's his, but it's kind of one of those, they're trying to make it seem like it is. And sort uh, of implied. Yeah. It's sort of implied. It's what, it's what's known in the industry as a sin of omission. Um, <clears throat> TK Sky Train is too scary, never too scary. Uh, the real <laughs> pretty fly for a Filipino guy. The real Shaolin Starbucks is up in the bamboo trees. You got to go up there like Chow Yun Fat, like order your latte, and you got to keep your latte on your straight sword as you fly down. You cannot spill any of it, right? No. Uh, Tsubaki asks again, What's your favorite Bruce Lee movie? For me, it's always been Way of the Dragon. Uh, for me, it feels the most like Bruce Lee. It's got humor. Uh, <clears throat> he directed it. He wrote it. It was his baby. And uh, yeah, so I would say uh, I would say Way of the Dragon. What about you, Topher? Way oh Way of the Dragon. Nope. Probably no, no Fist of Fury it. would be the second. I don't know. 
Fist of Fury is the only one where Bruce Lee's defeated. He's hit in the back of the head by a shovel and knocked out. Yeah. By uh, at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, the, by Teen Fung. And it's very funny because that old man, he's technically the only guy who's ever knocked out Bruce Lee. <laughs> the old ass Teen Fung right there. That's pretty badass. Say, put that on your grave. I'm the only one to knock out Bruce Lee on Get screen. Bruce Lee. <laughs> Axel Stone, thank you so much for uh, your donation. Two pounds. Crazy thought. Is Bruce Lee really in Seattle? His bones are. <laughs> His second suit is, uh, his second uh, Ends of the Dragon suit is, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to believe it. I mean, conspiracy theorists <clears throat> love to come up with conspiracies because they always like to feel that they know something the other person doesn't have. It's, uh, <clears throat> in some instances, I think it's a, it's a mild form of narcissism. Like, I know something the regular people don't know. I know something about Bruce Lee's death that they're not going to tell you because then it's I'm the one who knows something they are not going to tell you, which allows you to inflate yourself. And once you can put yourself into that mindset, then you can pretty much justify any hot nonsense. Bruce Lee and Tupac hanging out in Cuba. You know, that's how it is. The Panda. What is a must have Hong Kong meal when you go? Ooh, this is really good. All of them. <laughs> this is actually the things I'm in right now. Now that I say I have the Hong Kong trips about 75% booked. So what I'm doing is I'm actually creating, because this is so KFG, I'm creating a travel guide uh, that is going that I'm going to send to all of the people who are coming. And this is kind of like my nerdy self. It's like 20 slides. And I'll send it to everyone as a PDF so they can like read it. And I'm going to send it to them as individual photos they can save on their phone. So when they're in Hong Kong, even if they don't have an internet connection, they can actually run through these slides. And I have everything in there from like, like if they're off tour, they want to go and do stuff on their own, how to use the MTR, how to exchange cash, like all the shit you need to know and without making any mistakes in Hong Kong. But I even have stuff there like how to bargain with the people on temple street and where to go for this and where to go for that and i have a section on meals because i have to talk a little bit about like meal etiquette and stuff like that especially for foreigners like so you don't do things that are going to embarrass you and i have chinese phrases on there so if they want something they can point to the waiter put it there it's in chinese so like i'm going all out for the people coming on my tour so when they go out and do their own excursions even just with the guide i gave them they're like golden getting around and this is the section I'm coming to now because uh, we're going to eat at a bunch of cool places on the tour, but some people on their free time might want to try some shit out. And I'm going like, Hong Kong is one of the places where the food is so damn good and there's such variety. I mean, obviously you go to Hong Kong, you think you want to have Cantonese stuff, Hong Kong stuff, dim sum, all of that. But I'm telling you, like the Thai food in Hong Kong is amazing. The Japanese food in Hong Kong is amazing. Yep. Uh, the Korean barbecue in Hong Kong is amazing. So there's a lot of, and not to mention other regional Chinese cuisines. Uh, you want to have Peking duck. I know the place in Hong Kong to go get that. I know two really amazing places to go get that. So, <clears throat> that, which makes it a very difficult question to answer. Did anything stand out for you that you ate while you were in Hong Kong? Uh, yes. So... A few, a few places. I'll, I'll name two. First of all, one morning I get a uh, text from somebody I know 
who immediately tells me where to walk from my hotel two blocks to the east, two blocks to the north, which took me to a little restaurant called Suwon. Okay. And he told me, this person, who will remain nameless, what I should order, including okay. the toast with the uh, the condensed milk on it. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> In case toast you haven't figured out what condensed milk is, is. like. Yeah, th th that's one of the things where I go, okay, I can only eat it in Hong Kong because I'm walking so much and burning so much calories. But like, holy cow, the that kind of stuff, the different toasts with condensed milk it's and milk. like all the stuff you get it, oh. like the cha cha tangs are like really, really incredible. Really so good. And the uh, the other uh, the other place I one of the other meals that really st stood out was the the best beef chow fun I ever had. Um, I was down on Temple Street. Uh, my seafood was taking me down Temple Street. We were doing all that. We get to the end of Temple Street. There's a bunch of little places, holes in the walls. I mean, yeah, to, to, yeah, night yeah. Food. yeah, yeah. And we we go into some hole in the wall, and we sit down. And this guy brings out this platter of beef chow fun. I'm like, right, those are like the kind of five <laughs> high dongs they have over there. So good, yep. yeah, so good. I, what, so of, good. Yeah, like the the street food, like the Dai Pai dongs there on uh, Temple Street, and there's a couple on the Hong Kong oh, Island side oh, are really good. Um, I like three sauce chung fun, which is just the thick chung fun noodles with three different sauces in there and you just eat it. It's like a dollar and it's so good. And there, you can get it anywhere, but there's one place in Wan Chai that sells it on the street. And every time I'm there, I just always scoop one up and plug, eat it really fast and then contemplate, should I get another one? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get another one. Uh, it's pretty, pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Okay. Uh, Sven Lawrence from Germany in the house. Excited to come with you to Hong Kong. Yeah, Sven is one of the guys who's coming with us um, on our nice. Hong Kong trip. He's a Wing Chun seafood in Germany. Uh, will we train in the park every day? So, yeah, um, I'm planning on staying in the Jordan area. So usually what I do every morning is I get up and I go to Kowloon Park. And they have like a kind of a fitness run. And uh, I do my morning fitness there. I mean, weather permitting, if it's raining or anything crazy, maybe not. And so one of the uh, um, one of the highlights, I, I don't know if it's a highlight, but one of the options that people have on the tour is they can get up early and train with me in the morning, but they might regret it. <laughs> uh, and then we go to uh, Kowloon Park and every day I do something different, pull-ups, push-ups, different things. And I like to do that exercise before breakfast. I, after that, I go to breakfast and then about 10 o'clock we start our day. So pretty, um, pretty full program every day. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, been to the Yip Man Tong in Fatsan. Last time I was there, they upgraded it a bit. What do you think about that exhibit? Um, well, I talked about it a little bit earlier in this stream. Um, I think they're kind of touristy. Um, there's also two Yip Man museums in Fatsan, which would, which should make you raise an eyebrow in terms of like, which one is official, which one is real. They got a lot of fake stuff in there, uh, a lot of fabricated stuff in there. And as a, as a kind of a, Yip Man nerd. I'm a huge Yip Man nerd. I'm always looking like, how's there new information there? I went there, I read every single exhibit. I read every little artifact there and I learned nothing, nothing. Uh, there, there was nothing like where I went like, wow, I didn't know that. The only thing that I, that I saw in Fatsan, which I had not seen ever, was supposedly Yip Man's business card. And, uh, but then again, I don't know if it's fake. 
So that's the other problem too. I, I have reason to believe, I mean, if it's a fake, it's a good one. It's been aged up, but it was pretty badass in Chinese. I only saw it on the one side. I don't know what it said on the other side. It might not have said anything. It just said in Chinese, Yip Man, which I'm like, how badass is that? We hand someone your card and it's just your name. And it's it's no info out there, right? It's like, there you go. Uh, I was expe- I was expecting to, you know, if I could open the case and pick it up on the other side to see a QR code on the other side or something like that, just see how <laughs> see how far ahead the late grandmaster was um, wow. from everyone else. He got uh, it. Uh, he got it. He got it from Dryson with his time machine. Brought him a yes, QR code yes, business yes. card. Oh, by the way, <clears throat> speaking of Dryson and Hong Kong, um, if you guys don't follow Dre on Instagram. He's not like a huge Instagrammer, but I think his Instagram is all relatively public. He he does he's not like one of these super private Instagram dudes. Um, <clears throat> you can see the highlights of the stories uh, because on your Instagram profile you can highlight them. So uh, for those who are interested in coming to Hong Kong, I would highly suggest you go to Dre. He's like Dre underscore Ison one thirty three. This is a bullshit ass handle. He should just change it to at Dryson before someone else takes it. Um, uh, you can see he saved and high and and did highlights of the stories while he was in Hong Kong, and Dre just had the craziest knack for finding like the weirdest stuff wherever we went. We would be like in some corner of Hong Kong, and there'd be like some crazy drunk Chinese dude like talking to himself and like pumping himself up, and, and Dre would find that guy. And he would like do a bunch of stories with him and put hip hop music over it. Like it was just great. And so if you guys want to treat, uh, check out uh, check out Dre's Hong Kong highlights uh, for stories on his Instagram, which is pretty amazing. Uh, Nev TK, uh, take the students to the old school toilets, hideously bad, good for flexibility training. So yeah, in, in China, as many people know, a lot of the toilets are the squat toilets where you're basically squatting over a hole. However, you don't really find those in Hong Kong, or I should say you rarely find them in Hong Kong because Hong Kong, partially because of the British influence, had more modern toilets. So you don't really find the squat toilets so much in Hong Kong. In fact, I've only found one squat toilet in Hong Kong ever, and it was in a Choi Wa, which is a pretty modern restaurant chain. And it was on the Hong Kong Island side, too, which is like the ritzier side, and they had squat toilets there and i was like oh that's kind of interesting um <clears throat> speaking of toilets and how de- what degenerates my students are we went to the wing chun athletic association uh, i brought my students there to you know visit this is like where Yip Man taught in or at least where he went to in the final part of his life and one of my students i'm not going to say who went into the bathroom and took a photo of the toilet and was like this must be the toilet that grandmaster Yip Man used <laughs> And I was like, my God, that you would even think that way. <laughs> totally proves that you're my student. Head totally in the wrong place. And it's such a bizarre, because I've been there so many times that I never thought about that. Like, oh, this must be. But um, it's probably not. That toilet was probably added much later. I, I think that that building had like one toilet per level. Uh, it didn't have individual toilets in all the rooms till much later. So it's also possible not to burst the bubble of my student that um, Grandmaster Yip Man had in fact never use that toilet uh so <laughs> pretty fly for fiddle pino guy <laughs> bruce had a pretty good scene with bob baker well he owed bob baker for sure 
it still blows me away that the official Bruce Lee estate still regularly posts photos of Bruce with Bob Baker and puts his name in there with like no irony or shame. Uh, boom. Uh, did you go to Wu-Tang Mountain in China, home of Xuan Wu? Uh, so I've only been to mainland China a handful of times. And the mainland China I've been to is mainland China over the border from Hong Kong. So I haven't really spent any time there. Um, one, because of my deep connection to Hong Kong Chinese culture and to Cantonese culture and to Wing Chun and to just to Hong Kong in general. Um, I don't have the same level of interest in China, per se, as I do in Hong Kong. Um, I'm kind of a bit of a Cantoneseophile, a Hong Kongophile, uh, and mainland China doesn't quite strike my fancy the way Hong Kong does. So I don't go out of my way to go there. Um, also, after the Cultural Revolution and the events of 1949, I have serious doubts about martial arts, tourism in China. A lot of this stuff has been rebuilt and reconstituted for foreigners to go there uh, as tourists. And yeah. I think people go there and think they're going to find some kind of connection. And I go, how much of this is even the same as what was around at that time? I make those same observations about Hong Kong in which I can tell what's been changed and what's not. In China, I'm pretty sure none of it is real. So uh, the desire to go there and see a plastic Shaolin temple that was made in the 1970s, uh, that's not going to get my tourism money. And I don't go there and go, you know, and I saw Wing Chun people. Uh, have, have you ever, do you ever, a number of years ago, a bunch of Wing Chun people went to the Shaolin temple? Yep. As if it were some kind of pilgrimage. And it's not even the Southern Shaolin Temple. It's the Northern one. The and Northern I, one. Uh, pilgrimage. Even if you listen to the own you, the, the, the bullshit fairy tales of Shaolin and the Five Elders, it's not this Shaolin Temple. It's the no. one in the South, which no one knows where it is. Um, and pilgrimage. This place was built in the 70s uh, after they realized they could make some money with Bruce Lee. And then they launched it in 81, 82 with uh, Jet Li and the Shaolin Temple movie. That was a big propaganda thing for, hey guys, look, you can come. You don't have to go to Hong Kong for martial arts tourism. You can come to good old China. And that people still think that these are holy places. You see Wing Chun people there going and like, you know, like praying to, like bowing to these buildings. Do these? This was made by a bunch of communists in the 70s. Get out of here. Yeah. Not holy about this. Uh, Axel Stone, yeah, that's what I meant. I just thought maybe the coffin was empty, just a conspiracy, I guess. The spirit of Bruce Lee is uh, definitely within us, just like I said with that fish back there. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know where these conspiracies come from because people are like, oh, his body's not really in there. Um, the problem with conspiracy theories, besides the fact that most of them are just made up because they're kind of wish thinking. People like the fact that they know something someone else doesn't know, so... Once you already have this seed in your idea of being, yeah, talk to this guy. He's the guy who knows what really happened to Bruce Lee. You hand over a ridiculous amount of power to that person to say whatever the hell they want. And it's it's always this thing. It always comes down to who does it benefit? Uh, Bruce Lee was killed by the triads. Who does it benefit? Who's making money from this? Or like, like the, the problem is you, you could just say, oh, the triads killed him. Okay, uh, why? Uh, which triads? There's no the triads. 14k wall sing wall uh, which, which one like like when people come to me like oh the triads killed bruce lee i'm like oh like who 14k uh wall sing wall uh, wh uh which ones and then they look at me 
because then you quickly realize their conspiracy theory didn't go beyond triads, did it? And then you go like, oh, okay, so, um, uh, but why? And 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 why would they like who had who had a benefit for? Triads very rarely actually like to kill people. They like to maim people because a triad saying is a dead man is quickly forgotten. An injured man is assigned for everyone. All right. That guy owes you money. You break his knee the way it doesn't go. He walks funny for the rest of his life. He's a walking advertisement for you not to cross him. The problem is that people don't even know the, the culture of Chinese triads when they're like, oh, Chinese triads killed him. Really? Got him. Got him they, with the dim. They actually, they actually rarely do stuff like that unless it gets really heated. And it's like, I just, I love to hear when people try to tell me stuff like that, not knowing what like a nerd I am about this topic. And I go, really? Wow, fascinating. So Bruce Lee's body is not in the coffin in Seattle. Okay, uh, why? Uh, someone has it? Uh, or, or he's secretly alive? Uh, he's da Henry David Huang? He's hanging out with Tupac in Cuba? Like, <clears throat> you ever tell your closest bro something you really don't want to tell anyone else and your bro ends up still telling other people? Okay, hide the fact that someone is dead for 50 years. Okay, who, where are these miraculous people who are able to keep secrets this long? Okay, the fact that the drug letters didn't come out that long is a effing miracle, okay, in terms of secrets. Bruce Lee not being alive, his body not being in the coffin. Where is the cabal of people who can keep that thing under wraps? All right, and come on. This is just wish thinking. People don't want Bruce Lee to be dead. I get it. I don't want him to be dead either. But you know what? He's dead. He's pretty dead. He's been dead for a very long time. Um, okay. Uh, boom. Who do we got here? Uh, we got uh, this thing is scrolling like a maniac. Technical difficulties. We got George Olaryu, who I think is also coming on the tour. Will you introduce Masters from Hong Kong uh, to the tour group? Absolutely. Uh, for sure, everyone is going to have a chance to meet uh, Sibu Makchi Kong, a uh, Hungar master extraordinaire. Obviously, very I'm jealous a... about that. Yeah, well, very he's... jealous. Maxi was a total badass. I got to convince him to move over here. Uh, I want him as my own, uh, my, my own personal. Yeah. <laughs> like he's the only guy I can talk with besides you uh, about martial arts uh, without it ever being a pissing contest. <laughs> like. Like, and, and so, and it's interesting because he's from Hong Kong and he's also not from my yep. style. And like, I can talk to him, like some of the most honest discussions I've had about Wing Chun with anyone have been with Maxivu because he looks at it from an outsider perspective with a very clear eye and also with the historical understanding and context. And I find like my favorite conversations about Wing Chun are with Maxifu. They're very rarely uh, present company excluded with other Wing Chun people. It's just very difficult. Yeah. To have those conversations so the thing is that because chinese kung fu masters and here's what i'm gonna say um which is true are not always the most professional which is why they don't have big schools and all this kind of stuff and it's also why it's difficult for me to say now in february on tuesday we're gonna meet so and so on wednesday we're gonna meet this sifu on the friday of the tour we're gonna meet this other one because if i got five Cebus to promise to meet me on certain days all the way out in August. That's no guarantee that they're going to remember it, be around or be there. So what I'm going to do is as the trip gets nearer, I start to corral 
uh, all my Cebu friends, let them know I'm coming. And I start to corral these guys for like Monday and Tuesday and these guys for Wednesday, Thursday. And about a week out from the tour, I go, Monday, we're going to meet for dinner at this time. How's that good? Tuesday, I'm going to meet you at this time for this so that I don't give them a choice and I don't give them a lot of time. So that's the only reason why I can't say now uh, who we're meeting and on what days, because unfortunately, Chinese seafoods can be a little unreliable when it comes to like the um, planning and stuff like that. Uh, Des Tompkins, what's your favorite restaurant in Hong Kong and why? Wow. No real favorite restaurant because so many places are good and so many places are good for different things. Uh, I don't even have a favorite dim sum joint in Hong Kong because there's like, I eat dim sum based on where I am in Hong Kong. Like, so if we're on Hong Kong Island side, I know the places to go there. If we're on Kowloon side, I know the places to go there. Um, I can't say I have a favorite restaurant in Hong Kong and I don't mean to sound hyperbolic, but the the food is pretty good all around in Hong Kong. And you can get cheap, like, you know, Topher, you can get cheap stuff on the street that's mind-blowing. And you can also spend a lot of money and go to a fancy place that's also mind-blowing. So you have, The like, spectrum is insane. Yeah, the spectrum is insane. It's really insane and very difficult to, uh, to say. Everyone always wants to know what's your favorite movie, favorite this, favorite that. I can't you know what I, I will also recommend is right down in Mongkok, go get some ice cream. With like those fresh waffles that they make right on the spot. Oh yeah! If I wasn't lactose intolerant, I just will not tolerate lactose in any form. Sure. Why don't you just start tolerating it? Come on. I just am very intolerant. I know it's not very 2023 to show intolerance, but I have no tolerance for lactose. All right. So, EOD, what's the connection between Wing Chun and White Crane? Well, the topic of this episode is mostly about Hong Kong and traveling to Hong Kong. Uh, the short thing I'm going to say about white crane is, um, it's not, not all white crane is the same white crane, just like not all mantis is praying the same praying mantis. You have Northern and Southern and, uh, the Southern white crane, the Wang Chun Bak Hawk is really the originator of many of what you would consider Orthodox Southern Shaolin styles. It's even the antecedent to Okinawan karate and many, um, in, in, in many respects. So, um, uh, and the Hakka people, this wandering, no, well, let's say wandering nomads, kind of the same thing. It's an oxymoron. This nomadic tribe of Chinese who went through areas like Fukien and brought those martial arts, fused them with their own indigenous Hakka martial arts and brought them into Canton. So Cantonese martial arts for, in many respects, not all, are really Hakka martial arts that are that are really Fukienese martial arts that have been blended with Hakka and then brought to Canton. Uh, so um, it's it's part of our DNA. You see the Wing Chun Bakhok DNA in Hong Kun Wing Chun Southern Mantis Northern uh, not Northern Mantis um, uh, uh, White Eyebrow and uh, many of of those styles and you'd be surprised how similar they are to each other. Um, Madame Tuzon's is fun. Yes, it is. The um, wax museum there, which is at the peak, because they have a, a Bruce Lee there in the full yellow tracksuit. And they also have an Andy Lau there, and he's so dreamy. Okay. So, boom. Kang's variant needs to be Bolo Young. I totally agree. You know what's crazy? Having just seen Bolo a few months ago, <clears throat> he's a little older, but I'll tell you what. <clears throat> he would make a very formidable Marvel villain. 
Yeah, I look at him and he go like, you know, he doesn't have to speak English. You just put Bolo there as the ultimate Kang variant. And now I'm finally worried for our protagonist. Yep, yep, yep. Boom. <laughs> Pretty fly for a Filipino guy. The Shaolin Starbucks got my name wrong. I hate when they do that. Like, instead of Alex, they write Axel. Like, my boy Axel Stone. I get that all the time. Axel. That's a weird misspelling there. Uh, who has the original Thousand Way Dummy now? I don't even know what the Thousand Way Dummy is. What is the Thousand Way Dummy? Do you know what that is? I have no clue what the Thousand Way Dummy is. I've never heard of the Thousand Way Dummy. Uh, are we talking about the, uh, the, the, the wooden dummy hall in the famed Shaolin Temple? It would be in the Southern Temple, which is also missing. Like Most of the Southern Chinese martial arts history is missing. It's somewhere stuck in that temple, then we'll know. Uh, boom. KFG, have you been to any of the police story or drunken master filming locations? Uh, so that's a very good thing uh, to ask because one of the police story locations is actually on the tour. So I bring, uh, I bring students to a very iconic spot of uh, police story, which is why if you are coming to the uh, tour in August, I highly suggest you watch police story one, especially the end. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. A drunken master, the first drunken master, I believe, one of the temples uh, is in Hong Kong. And I think they shot another part of it actually in Macau. Um, but uh, it's possible. The thing is that in seven days, I already have a pretty packed schedule, which shows all sorts of movie locations, Wing Chun stuff, Kung Fu stuff, touristy stuff. It's a really beautiful cross-section of Hong Kong, beautifully narrated by yours truly. But then, of course, there's always, you know, it's just like editing your book. You got to you gotta kill your babies. There's tons of stuff I, I won't have time to bring people to. Um, but I think people will really like the selections um, that we've made. <clears throat> Anton Rasha, have you um, ever saw the house of Bruce Lee in Hong Kong? Uh, yes, um, I've seen, I suppose you could say, all of them. Uh, the house that Bruce Lee grew up in on Nathan Road is now uh, unfortunately a mall, but I stand in front of it and on the tour when I bring people there, we walk by the mall and I stop and I go, I feel a presence here. <laughs> I've done it so many times. This mall, there seems something different about this mall here. Yes, it's from the 80s. Yes, the design is outdated. Yes, they don't build malls like this in Hong Kong anymore. But I feel there's something special about this mall. And then I go into the whole thing about used to be the house where Bruce Lee grew up in. Uh, and then, of course, every most people think about the 41 Cumberland Road mansion that he lived in, which was demolished two years ago. And I recently went on Google to see uh, what is in its place. And it seems that whoever bought it and demolished the old place built up a new place in the same spot and almost the same style of two-story mansion. So uh, whatever has been built in its place is kind of a updated version of what used to be there. So I suppose we still can go there uh, and, you know, you can see Bruce's neighborhood. Interesting fact, Topher. I don't know what, um, I don't know if you knew this. I was going through my notes the other day. And when Bruce Lee died, they had to have a big deposition in the Chunwan courts about Linda was there, about the insurance, about the cannabis use. And that stuff is in the back of Polly's book. It's in the back of many of the books. And when Raymond Chow gives his testimony, 
he has to say his home address. Uh, like I, Raymond Chow, live at, you know, Chow Man Wai live at this blah, 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 Hotong Road. And I was like, oh, uh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, this Raymond Chow's address. So I typed it into Google and realized he was a seven minute walk from Bruce Lee's apartment. Now, I don't know what that means in the grander scale of things. It, it's funny, like I never went like, oh, by the way, where does Raymond Chow live, right? Where he's driving up to Betty Ting Pei's place when he's when Bruce isn't doing that well. Um, uh, it's He's seven minutes by foot. He's four minutes by car to Bruce Lee's house. So he's literally in the neighborhood. And I don't know what that means, but I, I literally found that out a few days ago. So now it's like, I have to now go through all the Bruce Lee death stuff and con conspiracy stuff with the idea that Raymond lives in the neighborhood. He's um, like right around the corner. Right around the corner. I don't know if that changes anything. Again, a, a few minutes ago, I was talking shit about conspiracy theorists and here I am going, ooh, look what I found out right in the neighborhood, right? Um, but it's just something to know, like to kind of, like, it's just something you want to know when you're reading the notes about what happened that day. Like Raymond is right there. Raymond is right there. He's a seven minute walk. He's two to three minute drive. I was, uh, I was blown away by how close they were. <coughs> All right. <coughs> I got that Florida cough. It's called the gator cough. Uh, Garrett T, you were starting your journey in Wing Chun. What would you focus on? Basics theory, whatever it is. I think I've asked Cho for this already, but I'm curious. Thanks. Uh, if I was a beginner in Wing Chun today, see, I didn't really have YouTube when I started. So back in my day, we kind of just had to do what our teacher told us and just do that. And I think <coughs> the internet is both a blessing and a curse. You both have, at, like, the other day I was the, the toe. Sorry, it is Florida here. Um, the other day I was telling Topher that I came across a random video of uh, his, uh, his great grand teacher, Ho Ka Ming, speaking Cantonese. And this is so great because like now, you know, if it's out there, you can find it on YouTube. Like as a researcher and a nerd, I geek out about this stuff. Wow, here's a two-minute clip of Hulk Ming talking about learning from Yip Man when he was a kid, whatever, or when he was younger, I should say. Like, fascinating. You didn't have stuff like that when I was learning Wing Chun. <clears throat> but I also feel my luck is when all of these things became available to me, I was already established as an instructor. Because I find that there's so much that people are inundated with now you start following a Wing Chun Sifu and immediately it's like, yeah, but Master Wong said, uh, actually, I should block a jab by using my elbow. Uh, okay, I'm not ready to learn Chum Q yet, but I went on YouTube and taught myself Chum Q. Or, yeah, but this Wing Chun guy says that actually we should like block with both of our arms like, and then do this and then this. And then you start to go, <clears throat> there's no thread anymore. People can't get good at this stuff because the moment they start practicing anything, they immediately have an opposing view from someone else. Now, I'm not against that. I'm a very pluralistic kind of open kind of guy. The problem is that when people are starting to learn and they don't know the difference between good or bad, or I should just focus on this shit first before worrying about what this guy is saying, they have their, they, I hate to quote Asian philosophy from American movies, 
But do you ever see the movie The Last Samurai? Yep. There's one bit in there that I really like. Actually, I like all the training stuff. All the philosophical stuff is really great. But the, the, the guy who starts teaching the swordsmanship to Tom Cruise, he says too many minds to him. Like he's, he's too, many, yeah. too much thought, too, thinking about too many different things, not focused. And I realized, <clears throat> as kind of trite and silly as it is, the internet is basically making everyone that way. Because <clears throat> you're learning the Siunam Tau form. Oh, but uh, I can also buy a tutorial from Sivo Alex Richter. Let's say they're in my lineage, right? Yeah, or you could also get really good at this. If you're learning in my lineage, you can also just learn from one of my instructors and get the corrections firsthand from a real human being. And then when you feel you kind of got what you can get, maybe you're spinning your wheels a little bit, then you go and you get the tutorial and you read the book to get a little deeper, but you have to practice to get deeper. Whereas everyone now is waiting for the guru to tell them, this one thing that's just going to make them suddenly figure out Wing Chun. And it's like, nah, that one thing is practice. And every time someone hears us say, like, you just got to do it and practice and not be so worried about how. Do I do this first? Do I do this? I don't care. Just practice. Just every day practice a little bit. Some days a little harder. Some days a little less. Some days you just hit the wall bag for five minutes because you didn't have time for it. Fine, but you hit the wall bag for five minutes. Like, just do it and don't worry so much about how because that the ability to train better uh the ability to know how to train productively comes with time and comes with practice i uh i I made like a instagram post a few weeks back because people every once in a while like so what is your training you know you're a seafood level person blah 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 and i go this is my training and it was just a video of me practicing the punch in the air the most yeah. basic of skill. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is the most basic of skills. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if people actually want, people want to go like, oh, I want to train with you. And I go, um, it's really boring. I don't think you actually want to train with me. You would be bored out of your mind. Nick Truesdale, $5. Hey, what's up, fellas? Yo, thank you so much for supporting hey, the podcast. Nick. Much appreciated. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick is- came out to class the other night. Beautiful. Look at that. Axel Stone also another pound 99 uh don't forget no easy way out i want the slow-mo maybe we'll do a montage while we're in hong kong by the way while i'm in hong kong i definitely will try to do some uh kfg lives over there and who knows maybe we'll get someone interesting um but i cannot i cannot guarantee again until a week out before i arrive in hong kong i can't even say who we're gonna meet because quite frankly i don't know uh, all right, let's get to some questions before we get out of here because uh, we've got a bunch of comments yeah, yeah. and I've been a little lax on getting to these. Hey, I'm the guy that had the footage of Bruce sparring with Linda Lee, but I, I didn't know how to send it. Um, <clears throat> if you go in the link below, you can go to my website and all the uh, link to uh, contact me is over there, uh, including emails and all of that stuff. Uh, boom, pretty fly. Will you stream from Hong Kong just to make us losers who couldn't make it jealous? Yeah, I think I will. And you know what else I'm going to do? In addition to streaming live from Hong Kong, I'm going to do a lot of like Instagram lives while I'm in Hong Kong. Like, hey, guys, here we are at the place where Van Damme did his splits in blood sport. Don't you wish you were here? 
And everyone's like, oh, no problem. I'll go next year when he does the tour. I'm charging twice as much next year because you guys didn't have the confidence to come with me the first year. Price is going up twice. All right. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> Pedro Delgado, does the Benny Mang Museum in Ohio have anything uh, interesting? I've actually never been to that museum. And uh, given all sorts of terrible things that regularly happen in Ohio, I don't know if I'll be there anytime soon. By the way, uh, Pedro, I believe uh, when you visited uh, last year or the year before, I don't remember when we had our first winter ITC during the pandemic, you recommended that I think I go to Ramon Puig's here in Miami uh, for a Why I've had a shirt. I'm going to go later this week. I'm finally going to go there nice. and get some custom Cuban shirt for me. So thanks for that. Um, boom. Pretty Flies watching Dre's Real Now. Dang, 2000. 18 Dre looks like a new board baby. <laughs> the podcast has taken a lot out of him. Yeah. So if you guys go over to Dre's Instagram, look in the highlights, look at his stories from Hong Kong. They were off the wall. Uh, is training Kung Fu in China worth it? <clears throat> Don't know. I never trained Kung Fu in China. I've only trained Kung Fu in Hong Kong. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Axel Stone, nobody, because Bruce Lee transcended to become a martial arts god. He's now pure energy. It's possible, but I still think his bones are in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, let's see. Boom. Pretty fly. That's pretty badass triad saying. I suppose the one about uh, a, uh, a a dead man is quickly forgotten, but, a, but an injured man is a... a reminder to all yeah the triads are quite interesting i i'm going to uh <clears throat> I, I, i'll tell you a story that was once told to me by uh, a, a member of a, a hong kong organization that may not always partake in the most legal of activities and he told me that um <clears throat> well maybe someone else told it to me. i'm not gonna say you said it or even say if this guy told it to me anyway an arm was hacked off and was thrown into the harbor. And the question was asked, why was it thrown into the harbor? It's like extra cruel. You already cut the guy's arm off. Why'd you throw it in the harbor? And the answer was, mm, so he couldn't get it back. So anyway, I'll just leave that at that. Quaz uh, asked, hi, KFG. Bruce Lee teaching non-Chinese I heard was a big issue. Do you think... He was killed by underwater Chinese martial arts. Uh, no. Uh, if you know anything about the underworld of Chinese martial arts, you would quickly find out, one, it doesn't really exist. Two, they're not very organized. Do you know how organized? That, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe this is a, a perfect chance for me to say this here, okay? Uh, and feel free to chime in, Topher, if your experience All right. matches mine, right? The idea that Chinese martial arts, like fall under this one rubric of Chinese martial arts and we all get together and have these clandestine meetings about who is teaching what and where and who gets to teach and who gets to open a school is probably one of the most overblown myths about the Chinese martial arts community. Chinese martial arts community, first of all, is not nearly organized enough to be that way that you think they are in your head. Second, not in a million years. Martial arts community. All right. 
they don't even get along with people in their own style, okay? You, you want to hear real hate between Kung Fu? Ask one Choi Lei Fut master what he thinks about a Choi Lei Fut master of another line. Ask one established Wing Chun Sifu what he really thinks about another Wing Chun Sifu in the same line. I'm not asking you to ask a Wing Chun person what their opinion of Choi Lei Fut is. I'm asking you to ask an established Wing Chun Sifu what his honest opinion is of another Wing Chun Sifu. Okay? Uh, and you will start to see politics. You will start to see tribalism. You will start to see... Uh, what all of us really know that none of these guys really like each other. They show face superficially. Uh, and of course there are examples of friendships across different styles. I have them with Maxivu and different uh, Kung Fu masters. And I have very deep friendships like with Sifu Topher of people in other Wing Chun lineages. Um, but to the degree that Topher and I are that way is almost to the degree that we don't conform with most of the other Wing Chun people. It's um, it's not at all. I, I I'm surprised I don't get more more beef from internal Wing Chun people about me hanging out with the Shotokan people. Right, right. Because Absolutely. not only not only is it not only is it non Chinese martial, it's Japanese martial art. Like yeah, that's a big no no, double no no. But yeah. I'll tell you what, they can drink as much as I can. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's crazy. Uh, you know, I think like outsiders to Chinese martial arts really think it's like dragging the Bruce Lee story. There's a council of these dudes sitting up there deciding who gets to teach what. Dude, the the martial one lineage cannot even agree on who should teach within their own lineage, let alone you think masters of different styles are going to get together and collectively decide who gets to teach what to whom. These guys don't even agree on their own style. Who's going to listen to them outside of that? This is the biggest bunch of nonsense, all right? And it always takes money to kill people, yep. all right? Wh wh where's this cabal of Chinese martial art kung fu people who had to kill Bruce Lee because he taught foreigners? First of all, Bruce Lee was not even the first Chinese guy to teach foreigners. Maybe one of the first to teach foreigners Wing Chun in the States, but Ark Wai Wong was teaching Shaolin Kung Fu in Los Angeles in Chinatown to Westerners in the 1930s. Okay. This is all a bunch of overblown nonsense. Um, boom. Uh, Jum. Did you see Jesse Endcamp's recent video with Jai White? Uh, I, I don't like White, but it was I did. So I, I, I didn't watch it mainly just because I saw Michael Jai White is in it. If I see that he's in something, I lose interest very fast um boom 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 axel stone also i know you're busy but i tried to link you the bruce lee in fighting games and from bruce lee enter the dragon stomp in tekken 8 i thought you might have been interested in it yeah i didn't have a chance to see it i'm so i'm technically on vacation so i'm i'm chilling quite a bit out, uh chilling out right now stinky tofu in Mongkok, absolutely uh not that is uh never eat anything you can't stand the smell of uh, a few years ago, there was an exposition about Hong Kong Kung Fu in the same museum as the Bruce Lee exhibit in Hong Kong. Yes, uh, but um, unfortunately, I missed it, but I do have the book, uh, which is really fantastic. All right, let's get to any remaining questions we have here. Uh, nice X-Files in the background. <laughs> oh, You're welcome. Yes. 
Uh, boom, 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 boom. No minds. Bruce Lee, yes. Uh, what is my favorite place in Hong Kong and why? Depends on what night you ask me. All right. Uh, <laughs> for Kung Fu, for fuckery, for hanging out, all different things. Uh, boom, Bradley Faulkner. Thank you for everything you do, Steve Richter. I'm literally just sitting here talking to one of my buddies. It doesn't really feel like a great sacrifice. A perfectly serviceable Monday uh, evening, hanging out in Florida, talking to Topher is not a sacrifice. Uh, boom. Is there any workout ideas you have incorporated from the art of expressing the human body? Uh, <clears throat> not really. I mean, uh, most of Bruce Lee's strength training routines are actually pretty normal. Nothing mind-blowing on there. Uh, Bruce Lee had a couple circuits he used to do uh, while uh, on the set of his various films where he would, like, get his whole body done in, like, 15 to 30 minutes. And I like those. Those are in the John Little book. So sometimes when I don't have a lot of time, I'll do one. I'll do, like, the Enter the Dragon or the Way of the Dragon Bruce Lee circuit. It's pretty cool. Uh, those, are, those are quite a bit of fun. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I hope you guys um, enjoyed our talk here about Hong Kong, things going to Hong Kong, traveling to Hong Kong. Uh, as most of you know, and I've talked about it, I will be leading a tour of Hong Kong. Uh, it's August 21st to the 27th. So it's a seven-day tour of Hong Kong. It's the ultimate Hong Kong Kung Fu tour. If you want more information on it, it's in the link below. Uh, you'll see a, a link on there. When you click, you go to the website. When you give me your information, don't worry. I won't sell it to Topher no matter how much he wants it. Uh, I don't sell your information. Uh, you'll actually get some automated emails with some PDFs on there. And the P the first PDF is like an overview of the tour. And the uh, second PDF has more nitty gritty about what we're going to be doing. And it's got the links to purchase the tour on the second PDF. So uh, by signing up, you're not like uh, uh, forced to go on the tour or anything like that. Um, but uh, you will get all the information you need. And then you can join us on the uh Ultimate Hong Kong Kung Fu Tour. Like I said, it's about 75% booked. So uh, get your tour today. The tour is just the tour of Hong Kong. Obviously, it doesn't include airfare, uh, meals, or your hotel or anything like that. It's just the tour with me. There are three packages. Uh, the platinum package, the highest one's already sold out, so don't worry about that. Uh, we have the, the silver and the gold. And uh, there are also discounts for people who want to come in groups and stuff. Uh, so uh, sign up. We're going to be in the Jordan area. All the information about what you need to know for going is is in, in there as well. And uh, definitely uh, would look forward to seeing you guys there. It's going to be super, super exciting. Um, and this is the first time I'm doing it openly. So based on the success of this tour, I will definitely do it again. But it's definitely more expensive next year for you guys who didn't do it this year. <clears throat> Hint it. Well, inflation. It's just inflation. It's not because I'm angry you guys didn't come this year. Uh but uh, no, super excited. And we'll do some uh, KFG podcast stuff while we're there. Lots of stories, lots of Instagram stuff. I'm staying in Hong Kong longer, obviously, than than those seven days. I'll be there uh, <clears throat> a few days beforehand, and I'm staying a few days after uh, after the tour. So I suggest you come for a longer time than just the tour. You're going to need a few days to get used to the Hong Kong uh, um, uh, time zone and everything like that. And um, yeah, so anyway, so uh, Topher... Mm -hmm. um, Last Yo. time we said uh, people wanted to know how they could get a hold of you. Uh, and um, you kind of told them and people still have the same question. Still have the same question. You can get a hold of me at Instagram, uh, at that other Wing Chun guy. Just just like my name says, at that other Wing Chun guy. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. 
hit me up on the DMs, follow me, and I'll get back to you. And one little last little magical piece of advice for you Hong Kongers, get your octopus card. Yeah, I, I have a whole section on that and how to get it and how to change money and all that kind of stuff. Awesome, man. Well, hey, this was a lot of fun. So, hey, guys, join me this year on the Ultimate Hong Kong Kung Fu Tour. 25% of the spots are still available, but not for long. Uh, all that information is below. Click on the link. Go on there. We have KFG T-shirts on sale right now, $29.95, normally $34.95. That link is also there below. And uh, I don't know. I might do another live next week, or we might come at you with another uh, pre-recorded episode. We'll see. But thank you so much to Topher for being here with me. Thank you uh, to all you guys thank for you. Uh, joining us. And uh, we will see you guys next time. And every day, I practice martial arts. <laughs>